characters. Ooh, yeah. I'm Alfred, your friendly neighborhood podcaster. And I'm Chris, dated dated pop culture reference Cassidus. <laughs> Comic stuff! <laughs> hey, my boppin' pal, how you doing? What up, though? <laughs> all around these fields of wheat? Is that what was in the music video for that one? Oh, man. I just remember lots of parted down the middle hair. Mm. And that one kid looked like, I mean, really ahead of their time. What gender was that child? <laughs> <clears throat> Not a shot. Not a shot. I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, they, but they were just way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yeah, you can um, see that. <laughs> um, one of one of a girl I liked in middle school. Yeah, maybe high school. Uh, she was so into them, and it just <laughs> it made me like her less. <laughs> I mean, what's there to compete with, right? I mean, like none of us has got that. Three yeah. people got that, and they're all over there. It was all jealousy on my part. That was, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Honestly, you know what? You like what you like. And if, if you got if you got some boppers out there, mm. some Hanson Knights, if you will, out there in the CBS universe, we welcome you to another episode of Comic Book Characters. This is going to be our Birds of Prey or Bop review episode. Oh! Oh, I get we it. We didn't just switch formats. We weren't just doing a, a weird Circuit 96 music podcast. Um, we're also going to be hitting up uh, very. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> when I come around, some... that's another one we're going to be doing later. We're going to do uh, um, thunder, cra- lightning crashes, <laughs> some live, <laughs> maybe some cranberries. <laughs> uh, MCU Super Bowl ad. We got a interesting development in the Oscars. Mm. Um. <laughs> we'll touch on some I, I mean i actually i guess this is we didn't i didn't tag it this way in the slack but i guess it's a casting corner thing because it's not quite confirmed i don't believe it? yeah it's still a little bit well i mean i thought it was confirmed kind of but is it, is is it, it confirmed is it? i thought so jay likes okay. to shout out uh horrors True. Just thought it was the J jolts those J jolts coming in hot <laughs> what well, I mean, we got I mean, casting corner for people who've been cast, but what about directors? Yeah, like a director direction. That's terrible. That's <laughs> the director's divan. No. Yeah. Or uh, duvet. Du- That's just delonge, like... deluge. Uh... Duvet. Director's duvet. Uh, all right. <laughs> We've also got some Doctor Strange scribe news. Mm-hmm. Some spell work, maybe. And because there's never going to be a podcast without it, I'm pretty sure at least. Star Wars news. We have Star Wars related news. It's not Obi Wan related. That's, and that's a real change for us, man. Yeah. I mean, it is Star Wars news, but it's not Obi Wan related. So I was hang on, beard report. Hang on to your butts, <laughs> as Nick Fury would say. Let's have a go. Uh, and then we've got a um, 
kind of a look at what, uh, like, what is going to be the future of of superhero media and comic book media. Mm. And uh, we're going to have a discussion about that. I honestly, what did what do you just what do we settle on? That's that's like in the comic collecting world, there are certain. Oh, that's key. right. It's it's the key issue of the episode. That's going to be at the back end, and of course we have our big wheel winner, which I'm mm, making a campaign for right now. Yeah. Apparently, but let's let's gonna, jump in. Gonna get bogged down in some caucuses that don't resolve. Jesus. Yeah, probably. I mean. This is America. We need that sound drop too. Do we have that? Do we have a This uh-huh. is America sound? No, we're going to get that. We'll get that. Um, all right, Chris. So you and I have both seen Birds of Prey. Is there? The fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Um, oh, no. So as always. No, no, no. For our movie reviews section, we have the flashback versus Flash versus Harley Quinn. Actually, a real thing that's happened in the comics. Uh, Flash has taken on Harley. Mm. Uh, Is this the the DC DC Knights kind of version? (laughs) Yeah, the Black Label. (laughs) (laughs) Only available at Spencer's. Wow, just that back room though. He uh he usually he usually uh dispatches her pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, man. Not yeah, in he does. No, no, My not guy. in Come on. Uh, <laughs> um, there are occasions though where she like she like bolo ties him basically. I mean, if it's your birthday. Oh man, this is just so off the rails already. <laughs> uh, flashback versus. Bolo ties? Is that what you said? Or, or what are they? What are those things Bolo called? Ties. No, no, no. no. That's, Bolo ties the thing around your neck. What's that's the? In that's in my head now. But is it just a bola? What's the thing that you throw and it's like a rope with balls on the end of it? Oh, I haven't been to the adult <laughs> megaplex in a while, so I don't know. Oh man. So this is completely. Uh, I guess we could now say comic book characters podcast. It contains adult content. Um, I found this out recently. Was not aware that uh, uh, some of the you know like so we talked about cosplaying before. <clears throat> and this, this is not look open. We're not shaming anyone. Are we, are we not, starting with a segue? Not yes, immediately. Or not shaming anyone. Non sequitur, right? Not shaming anyone. Mad props to the cosplay community. However, furries very divisive within the cosplay community. Mm. Also found out that occasionally. Perhaps more than occasionally, the tail on the furry. Uh oh, no, no, no. Not attached to the costume. Oh no, no. It's attached. It's attached somewhere else. It's a, uh, it's a little Malcolm in the middle, if you know what I mean. Life is unfair. <laughs> so that was interesting. I learned that a few weeks ago. <laughs> Just wanted to share with everyone, I guess. Yeah, now it's our shared burden. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean it's heavy. It's heavy for one person. It depends, right? Like, do you do you go for girth? Do you go for wow weight length, distribution? Right. Go for yeah. Do you want ridges? Do you want momentum? Okay. Being wild and wacky. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Birds of prey. <laughs> Birds of prey. Uh, the newest DCEU film. Uh, flashback. Flash. Actually, before we get into that, so we, we already talked about this off air. 
but I told you what it what it made, and so we'll okay. let the listeners know. It made about thirty four thirty five million opening weekend U.S. domestic. Fell well short of the projection of fifty million. I don't know how they come up with these projections, honestly. I feel like they're just throwing numbers out their ass. Hmm. Well, it is time. a it is a female centric movie, so whatever a regular blockbuster makes, but you know, like a third of that. <laughs> right, like seventy five percent or whatever. Um, you know, seventy five cents to a dollar. That's not great. Not That's good. Not gonna look for tough look. The American economy, I guess. Um, so it made the, it, so it fell about fifteen million shorter projections. What do you think the budget was on this film? Oh, okay. Um, I'm, are you gonna give me over under? I'm just gonna raw guess. Okay. Uh, just just go. Um, all right, I'll go. I'll give you over under a hundred million dollars. Uh, I'm gonna say it was uh, under, but not much. Okay, so you're thinking like maybe 90, 95, somewhere Listen, in there? You always take the under, the Spurs, they're, they're dog shit this year. Do you take Ooh. the under? Uh, they win if they cover. That's been happening a lot. Um, budget of around $85 million. All right, all right. Okay, so very close. Good, good job. Um, only, again, only made 34, 35. However, worldwide, it's made about 82. So... Yeah, that sounds kind of good, like it's hit its budget, but what you have to factor in is the marketing. Mm-hmm. Usually marketing's about double budget. So it's got quite a ways to go still to, to even break even. And uh, I'll go right out and say it. You know, We haven't really talked about the movie. By the way, spoilers. We're not going to not spoil this. So if you haven't seen the movie, go check it out and then come back to us. But uh, I really like the film. It's it's really enjoyable. There's a lot of good stuff in it. We'll get into it when we talk about the different sections that we do. But I'm very surprised. I'm surprised that a, a film that is this competent, that has a lot going for it, mm-hmm. uh, seemed to fail to catch the, the audience's imaginations out there. Um, the screening I saw was sold out, and everyone seemed to have a really good time. Mm-hmm. Um I went to it's kinda interesting. Uh, I went to uh, I think on Saturday the next day and it was about half full maybe maybe th- three fourths or three fourths mm-hmm. yeah. So I talked I talked to some people that saw it on a Saturday at like eight o'clock at night the mm-hmm. the, the, the weekend it came out and that there were maybe fifteen people in the in the theater, Ooh. which is wow like what that's not yeah. that's not what you want. So but we'll get into dis- we'll get into to discussions about maybe why that might be. Um, but before we do all that, let's do it. Let's jump in. Flashback, Flash versus Birds of Prey. Uh, let's let's do it um, from just uh, from the perspective of Roman Sionis, aka Black Mask, just being uh, a real, real, real fucking weirdo. See, I, I I was ready for anything, so I thought you for sure were gonna say Bruce the hyena or uh, the diamond that gets swallowed. Uh, <laughs> That's where mindset, you know, I'm always expect the absolute worst, and then you're you're surprised by little nice life's little conveniences. So, all right, Roman Sionis at least talks. An organic thing, <laughs> like, like an organism. He's a yeah. Complete narcissist, so that's not too far from me. Uh, all right, yeah, yeah, I think I got it. 
Just, just, yeah, just a few, few sentences, Roman. Let's hear it. Oh, Harley Quinn! Yes, welcome to my club. Yeah, it's my club. Why are you drinking that? Did I tell you you can drink that? Fuck you! Kill him! Rip his face off right now! I'm sorry, what was that? Okay. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. HR? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll totally, I'll totally take it up with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Harley, um, uh, fuck you, uh, pay me, and I will cut you. What's that? Grenade? <laughs> Great, great. Again, I know I've said this before. Wasted talent, sir. You, <laughs> voice actor, where are you, Chris? Where it, get in on the DC animation train, my friend? I mean, who needs sleep? Who who does need sleep? Not the Beastie Boys. <laughs> no sleep till Brooklyn, Brooklyn, my friend. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to Dumb steal it. somebody's Apple Plus TV, whatever the fuck it's called, so I can watch that. Oh man, um, yeah, excellent job, well done, well done. Thank you. Um, okay, let's Alona. Let's see here. Just do a real quick little trivia sidetrack. I got one thing I want to say. So one of the one of the actors in the film is Drenee Smollett Bell. Mm-hmm. And she plays Black Canary. She actually does all of the singing in the film. That she, right. Like her character. That's her. That's actually her singing. Just want to throw that out there. A little, little nugget to start. Um, kind of Brie larson up there? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, funny that you mentioned Brie Larson. Because, of course, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in this. Uh, one of her co-stars from Scott Pilgrim. Ramona Flowers? Ramona Flowers herself. But uh, before we get into uh, more about Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she might be coming up in this next segment. That segment, of course, is Excelsior. Excelsior! Oh. And that's, of course, our favorite segment of the movie. Could be the most outstanding, memorable aspect of the film. Could be narrative, character, set piece, etc. Um, I feel like we both have the same thing on this one. Mm. I might be wrong. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Who's going first? Can uh, you talk first? <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. What does Kylo say after that? I don't think he just tells him to take him away. The droid stole the freighter. <laughs> he does say that. Uh, best line. Best line in all of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go first. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's something I saw in the trailer. Uh, something we both saw, but something like I've made a point of discussing before. It's the fucking action sequences. Yeah. Like, the stunt... Men and women went so fucking hamburgers on this one. Like, mm-hmm. the fights are great. The, chore- the choreography is amazing. It's shot, like... Yeah, it's just action, action, action whenever they're fighting. It's amazing. I couldn't agree more. It's, it is it is a joy to see. It is a joy... Pretty much every set piece, action set piece in this film is just a cornucopia of <laughs> of color and sound and motion. From like the glitter bombs uh, of the yeah. shotgun burst, whatever it was, to like uh, that that whole police scene is so brilliantly yeah. done. Uh, Kathy Ann. There's like the Matt, riding on Matt the Ross. motorcycle with the whipping her around on the 
Skates? Oh, the skates. Yep, that's a good one too. I, my favorite one though is when she's like, uh, it's in like she's finding the, the evidence room or whatever, and mm-hmm. she's like she throws the bat down as hard as she can to make it ricochet up the guy's head and back to her. And then she catches it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So, you know, that, I'm really glad you're bringing all this up, but it actually brings up a really good point for me or to me in this film. You know, the one of the biggest problems I had with Suicide Squad is it's a bunch of bullshit, kicky, punchy shit. Like, <laughs> like you bring in all of these people, these like villains, right, that are supposed to be so dangerous and have these very specific skill sets. And all they fucking do is punchy, kicky bullshit that anybody could do, that mm-hmm. any other person could do, that any trained SWAT guy could do, or like special task force person or MMA fighter, like even Giant even bar. Deadshot, even was that drunk guy at a bar? Drunk guy, dr- yes. Uh, we're talking about Boomerang, right? So like <laughs> Captain Boomerang. Uh, even Deadshot, right? Will Smith's character supposed to have this amazing, like, unbelievable, unrivaled marksmanship skill. His big action piece in Suicide Squad is, I'm going to stand on top of a car and just shoot a bunch of people with, an uh, uh, like, an assault rifle. Yeah, it wasn't... Literally anyone could have done that. Yeah. That's, that is ultimately, when I look back on Suicide Squad, that is maybe the most, like, egregious thing to me. It's the thing that makes that movie boring. Um, here's the same character, Harley Quinn, and you really get a feel for why she's so dangerous mm. and, and how in a, in such a unique way that she is dangerous. I'm really glad that, that, that they figured out how to show that in this film. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. The, the action sequences, the fight choreography were top-notch. Some of the best stuff I've seen in any action film, let alone... Uh, or any comic film, let alone any action film. I want to say the last time I was this impressed with with fight sequences is maybe The Raid. Wow, all right. Um, you know, it's really, it, it's really up there. Um, Kathy Ann, man, just... She's killing it. Killing it with the direction. Yeah. Um, any, anything else, anything else especially stand out for you? Yeah. Uh, just Margot Robbie's crazy fucking face. She does when she's like inhaling the cloud of cocaine, uh, <laughs> that they're <laughs> shooting at her and she, you know, they're shooting into a pile of cocaine bricks and like, she's yeah. snorts it and she's like, you know, has that crazy look on her face. Uh, yeah. I fucking love that. That was, that was I've, crazy. You know what? You know, we're going to talk about this a little later about how this movie's rated R. I bet you that's a big part of the reason. Why oh Yeah. That's and that's and as funny and as cool as that is, that's a dumb reason to have a rated R movie. <laughs> um, but I bet you that's a big part of it. Uh, also, everyone was really well cast in this movie. Rosie Perez is Renee Montoya. Great. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. We talked about her earlier. She's the Huntress. Could have been better. Great. She's great. Uh, Junae Smollett Bell, Black Canary. Great. Ewan McGregor. Amazing. Um. Chris Messina from, like, I guess, Mindy Project and other things. He's Victor Zaz. Great. Well, maybe we'll talk about him and, and Ewan McGregor a little bit more uh, in a bit, probably. Even a little um, kind of smaller part for Ali Wong was really good. Yeah. Uh, Ella J. Bosco, Cassandra Kane. Mm-hmm. 
real quick on Cassandra Kane. I, I did like the little nod. Because in the comics, Cassandra Kane is, is Batgirl. Mm. And she's mute. She doesn't talk. So in this movie, when we first get introduced to Cassandra Kane, she has like a sore throat and she like doesn't say anything for a second. Oh. And they kind of like nod. They just kind of wink at that like connection. I like that. It's a very small, small Easter egg. <laughs> All right. Do we want to move on to the next category? Sounds good to me. All right. Here we go. Bizarro. Stop! It am my most famous superhero. Yes, it be Bizarro number one. All right. In the Bizarro segment, we talk about what didn't work in the film. It can be miscasting, poor directing, special effects, writing, etc. Uh, let's see. You went first last time, Chris. I'll go ahead and go first this time. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun with this film. I really did. I, I thought it was enjoyable. I never felt bored at any at any point, which is great. It was definitely what you want out of a film, out of a comic film especially. But I will say that there are a couple of lapses in judgment in terms of the narrative and what some of the characters do that really kind of stick out. And that's almost a testament to how well developed the characters are throughout the film up until about the third act. Oh, right. Um, so you've got you've got the Birds of Prey, you've got Huntress, and you've got you know Montoya, you've got Black Canary, you've got Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn will give a pass. You know she's a little nuts. Anything she does can or cannot make sense, and that's totally fine. <laughs> but we get to the third act, and there's this again really well choreographed, really wonderfully done action sequence where they're they're all fighting this gang of thugs in an amusement park, and Prior to this, these are all of Black Mass, uh, Roman, Sionis' dudes. Uh, the, the Birds of Prey see Black Mask and Victor's ass, right? They see the Gang of Thugs. They fight the Gang of Thugs. They dispatch the Gang of Thugs. They start walking out of the amusement park, all willy-nilly, all like, yeah, we're awesome, we kick their butts, and then immediately get shot at... <laughs> And and some one of them gets shot uh, by more of Black Mass dudes because of course they were still there. Like it just felt very very Game of Thrones. Like oh she forgot about the Iron Iron Fleet. Oh yeah. Uh... Moment and that's you don't want that. You do not want your film or piece of art. Sorry, Arya was just laughing at that. Wow, that's a good. One. I mean, you don't want your piece of art. Being compared to season eight of Game of Thrones. It's not the thing. It's not what you want. Tough hang. It's a very tough look. Uh, and again, this is because they really set up, and especially Huntress, they set up these characters as being very smart and very deliberative and very aware of things mm -hmm. where they, they shouldn't be making that kind of mistake. And I know it sounds like a maybe nitpicking, but that really did. Like I'm just like, it immediately gave me season eight. Game of Thrones flashbacks, and that's just never what you want. Uh, anything for you? What was what was bizarre for you? Uh, yeah, I kind of it's kind of weird for me. Like in the flow of the third act, I kind of didn't really notice that too much, or I wasn't too annoyed mm -hmm. by that. But I, you know, you're completely right. Uh, like Huntress alone is trained for like years, to, like <laughs> to decades, be a top maybe. level assassin, right? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that definitely is a problem. I guess for me, the main thing was I'm happy that uh, Ryan Reynolds, I mean Margot Robbie, um, so invested into Deadpool. I mean uh, Harley Quinn. Aviation Jin, baby. 
<laughs> she took, you know, really, she took production of it. She, she's a producer. She took the rest. Yeah. And, you know, made Deadpool 2. I mean, uh, Birds of Prey. Uh, it's really fun. I liked it. I, I guess it, it, it's too much like Deadpool 2. It is a lot. And also, even like a lot like Deadpool 1, when you have the um, the disconjointed narrative. Yeah. You know? Uh, it really did. You know, it's funny. I don't... I get what you're saying, and I agree. I do agree to some extent. But we do talk about that all the time, right? We talk about how, like, Marvel has set the template, and, yeah. like, DC, if you guys are struggling with this stuff, just copy Marvel. <laughs> they literally took us at our word. Um, we <laughs> didn't mean, like... It proves somebody's listening. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, we know Feige... On Marvel's side, well, he's got somebody listening to us, right? But now apparently maybe we've got someone on the Warner Brothers DC side. Uh, Bruce Tim, if you hear, Chris, my man, is ready for some voice acting work. Let's get it done. Um, 10%, I'm his agent, and... <laughs> you having fun? <laughs> yes. Um... So we don't... I don't want to... Oh, I don't want to overstate it, right? Uh, we... we it is it is in a lot of way you feel a lot of Deadpool in this. A lot of I mean Harley Quinn just in the even in the comics has been sort of compared to DC's version of Deadpool. Just in in terms of her personality, mm-hmm. in terms of when the characters were introduced, roughly at the same time frame. The feet, their popularity, their feet. I guess what is that? What you said? <laughs> their feet. <laughs> I mean, Rob Liefeld, as far as I know, has not gotten to Harley Quinn, but I mean, she ain't gonna have any feet. If he gets to it. I'm just saying, she's gonna have a robust, muscular chest, though. Shout out to Quentin Tarantino. That's all I'm saying. Oh my goodness! Once upon a time in Gotham. Um. Yeah, but I, I, I you're right. You're totally right. I, I liked it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It's just, uh, I think, yeah. what it was trying to copy from Deadpool, like the disjointed narrative, that really kind of bogged down the first, like, 20, 25 minutes of it. It I, I w- stopped and started a little bit too much. I would have loved to see this movie just as a straight narrative. Mm. Like, wh- what would that movie look like? Would it be better? Would it be less disjointed? Obviously, it would be less disjointed, but would it, would it make more sense? I kind of feel like it would. And I think this is a joint thing that we can talk about in terms of the bizarre section of this film, of the of the review. Let's talk about why this movie isn't succeeding. As of right now, it's the lowest grossing DCEU film. Oh, man. Which does not deserve that distinction nope. by any means. You can easily argue that this is better than Aquaman, better than Shazam, uh, better than Batman vs. Superman, better than Justice League for sure. <laughs> Um, better than Suicide Squad? Like, is this the best DCEU film? I'm, st- I'm like starting to name these out, and I'm like, wait a minute. There's not many left. <laughs> um, what was I say? But like, you know, it's it's at least as good as Shazam and Aquaman to me. Yeah. And so for it to be the lowest grossing film, and here we go. Like, I want to say this right off the bat. Already, I've started to see online some people saying, you know. Uh, get woke, go broke. You know, this is such a feminist film. I think, on yeah, on some level, this is a feminist film. I mean, you've got Margot Robbie producing it. You've got Kathy Yan directing, right? Asian female director, first Asian female director of uh, any superhero film. 
And so, sure. And even the writer, Christina Hudson, right? So, yes, it's got a lot of women behind it. But the film, I feel, isn't like overtly just hitting you over the head with feminist tropes. It's just an enjoyable film with a strong female narrative, but it's it's it doesn't do anything super out of the ordinary that's like where you could honestly I would say more egregiously the and we talked about this with Avengers Endgame, right? The 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 A Force scene. Mm. You know, where all the women characters just magically are in the same spot. <laughs> that Look, I'm not saying that that shouldn't have been there. It's fine. It worked. It it, it didn't take long for them to do that sequence. Um, it did feel very kind of heavy-handed to me. This movie does not. Yeah. This just feels like like a fun, good movie. So I don't think that's why this movie fails. I think, and, it, and when I say fail, I just mean like like in terms of financially. I think here's the mistake we talked about a little earlier. You know, she inhales some cocaine. It's rated R, (laughs) (laughs) which is wild. Yeah. Like I was, we were looking it up earlier. Not even Suicide Squad was rated R. Yeah. Yeah. And it is violent. And there's, is there an alarm? Can you guys hear that? I wonder if they can pick it up on the mic. There's, I think somebody's car is being stolen. Maybe it's, maybe it's Harley Quinn's trying to get away. I thought it was a ghost Uh, for a second. (laughs) <laughs> gotta get slime bro oh no well that's not it that's not right uh, what am i doing <laughs> <laughs> uh, i ain't afraid of no toast what <laughs> um the movie's rated r and very very easily if with just even some small edits could have been pg-13 and I think that's maybe the biggest mistake. Yeah, there's not that, that much like uh, bullet hits on screen. There's not really, I mean, there's violence, sure, but nothing like, I mean, we're not getting rated R over broken bones, right? Sionis and Zaz are deeply disturbing characters in this film, and I love that. Like, they've got a very, very David Lynch vibe to their right. relationship and just kind of how they are. And we see some pretty grotesque things sort of alluded to in the film, mm. but they don't really go out of their way to show it in a way that I know, like you would think a rated R film would. I did find this in my research for the film. I want to share it real quickly. Yeah. Um, Margot Robbie pitched the idea of Birds of Prey to DC and Warner Brothers as a female-led superhero action movie. And they ultimately agreed with her vision. Quote, I think there's a perception that a PG female-led action film is kind of considered a chick flick, says Robbie which is why we're going to see an R-rated version of the story. In addition to starring in the upcoming movie, Robbie is also on board as producer with her Lucky Chap production company. So her hands are all over the project. Birds of Prey is Lucky Chap's largest production to date at 75 to $85 million. Um, so this was ultimately her choice. Like, this is hmm. the thing she wanted. And I gotta say, as great as Margot Robbie is in this movie, as Harley Quinn, wrong choice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the marketability of like uh, I guess people still care about who goes to who who goes to see the movie. Peach Thirteen is a way easier sell for a parent uh, for the kid out to go see it. And I, yeah, I just struggled to find the R in this. It didn't need it, 
by the way, there are some really cool, like, my legs are broken and my arm is broken and wobbly moments in the <laughs> film. And they're great. But, yeah, I don't know that they necessarily would necessitate an R rating. I really wonder if it was the drug thing. Yeah. Which, again, great joke, but not worth it. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so, yeah, maybe. I, I So, the other, okay, one other last thing. I feel like we're really harping on this for a movie that we really liked. Um we're just kind of trying to get at why is this movie not succeeding in a way other films have. Again, you've got Margot Robbie, the bankable star of this film, the the lead star, Harley Quinn, one of the most recognizable combo characters of the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. And the movie's called Birds of Prey. Like the show? Yeah, like the crappy CW show? Or was like it WB? Oh, man. Um, why didn't they... Ooh. Are you are you making different bird sounds? I said UPN. Oh, UPN? Was it on UPN? I don't really know. All right. Was it after... Uh... CNBC, yeah! Ah, oh, man, I was trying to remember what that show was called. The PJs? <laughs> Babies, kids? Oh, no, man. Hey, don't be smirched, babies, kids. <laughs> Greatest animated movie of all time. Got Tone Loke in there, man. Tone Loke's a little baby. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, getting sidetracked. Um, no one knows who the birds of prayer, and I get it. I get that you want to like elevate these lesser-known characters, a la Guardians of the Galaxy. That's great. That's great. But you already have invested in Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie. Like, you've already put that work in. So just, just, just go with that, um, and then build Birds of Prey out of it. I, it was weird to me that, you know. Harley Quinn's all over this movie. It's not like she's just kind of in it. I would understand if they called it Birds of Prey if she was just in it for five or ten minutes. Mm. She's in it more than the Birds of Prey. Right. Like she, yeah. Like uh, Joker kind of like took over all the attention from Suicide Squad because he was only in there, thankfully, for like seven minutes, right? Yeah. So that should have – I mean, it wasn't that. She's definitely the main character. Yeah. So I don't know. But those are those are the two things that I would point to. So far as to, like, maybe why the film isn't succeeding. Should have been PG-13. Should have leaned harder into the fact that it's a Harley Quinn movie. All right, let's jump to the next segment. Hey, everyone. Hey. 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 Hey, everyone. That's a good one. All right, best new character, object, location presented in the film. All right, for me, uh, oh, actually, you get to go first. Oh, should I steal yours? I think I know what you're nah, gonna do. Just steal it. Just go ahead. I mean, it's gonna, I don't. I don't even know what else I'm gonna say. But go ahead. Bruce the hyena. <laughs> oh. Skr <laughs> skr. Um, it's pretty good though. <laughs> I, who doesn't fucking love a good little uh, little puppy there? I mean, it's a good little doggo, the pupper. Uh, kind of a vicious creature, but I mean, par for the course for Harley Quinn. Uh, <laughs> that kind of like the chewy. Misdirect, <laughs> like, oh, he's, he got killed off in the explosion. Uh, no, he's fine. He's totally fine. He's totally fine. Uh, no, no I, I, I did genuinely like that. Uh, that, that the hyena. I, I, is it something about his laugh? It's kind of uh, <laughs> I like the scene. Yeah. I like it. You know, um, in marketing and advertising, whenever you have a business, one of the key elements to success is to really emphasize what you're doing that is different from other things that are like you, Mm. right? 
and you you really hit on something there. What other movie has a hyena in it? Right. Other than Lion King, and that's animated. And the other one's also animated, and I don't want to hear it. You can <laughs> tell me that's a live action For real, movie. though. And those guys are dicks. Yeah, they're total dicks. This one was, like, fun-loving and fun and happy to protect Harley Quinn and, you know... <laughs> Eat down. the Mongolian beef extra spicy. <laughs> he totally did the eat his, you know, guy who just sold the mouth thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you were so gracious to not take this. I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh, it's it's Roman Sionis, Black Mask, and Victor's ass. Oh, whoa. Oh, all right. You, you served me. Okay. Well, we can swing back to you. Um, again, I really loved the dynamic between these two characters. One, Ewan McGregor as Roman Sionis is great. He's just putting on a performance here. Really fun. Really, really fucking weird. Um, and then you've got Victor's ass. Every time they were on screen together, I literally felt like I was watching a different movie. Yeah. Like, I was watching, like, a David Lynch kind of film. But oddly enough, and again, credit to Hodson and Yen, because he is as as vastly different in, in tone as it is to the rest of the film, all of their scenes still fit within the narrative of the story. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. And, and it really just gave you, like, a, a look into, like, how just fucking depraved and crazy these people are. <laughs> And how their relationship with one another sort of ups the ante for each of them continuously. Mm. I loved it. I loved their characters. I mean, there's so much. Uh, yes, yeah, so a lot of the female characters were really great. Well, Mary Lou's once said, for instance, is really great. But um, I really, really, really loved what they decided to do with these two characters. Yeah, whenever they were together on screen, like, or even by themselves, almost it was always like a just like a loaded gun on a table in front of you. It's mm-hmm. it's it's the promise of violence, like things so will go south. So, such an uneasy feeling constantly with those characters. What what else did you have? Uh, Huntress. Oh yeah. Uh, totally thought you were gonna go Ramona. Um, yeah, she was great. I, I totally liked the. I think <laughs> one thing that I made me uncontrollably laugh in the theater was like uh, uh when like what I think Black Canary says so like I really liked how you you know a good shot with that bow and arrow. She goes, it's not a fucking bow and arrow. It's a crossbow. <laughs> yeah. Really seemed to trigger her uh, a bit. I, I read an article or a review of the movie where they sort of posited, like, is Huntress possibly, as a character, is she supposed to be, like, on the spectrum, maybe? Hmm. And when you when you kind of look, and I'm not, I don't know if it was or wasn't, right? But if you look at the character through that lens and Mary Elizabeth Winstead's sort of acting choices, mm. like maybe. And if that's the case, that's not bad. Okay, representation is important. Um, they don't they don't draw attention to it in a way that's like negative or or overbearing. Like again, you could even read it as not being that. Right, just like social awkward. But, right. So I I like that. I like that a lot. Um, again, we've always championing, championing representation here. Um, she did great. She did really great. Um, I don't, I don't ever, I don't think they would ever give her own solo film, but I'd be down for it. Hmm. 
I, you know, you could you could make the argument that the story of this film should be her story. Maybe it should have been a bigger through line. Yeah, I mean, she's literally the one that's on a like she's killed billing this entire thing. <laughs> oh, dude, she yeah, has how the, cool, she has the most agency. How cool would that have been if like all her uh, sequences were like shot in black and white and they were just like interspersed throughout the movie and you had no idea what was going on until like the third act. And it was just like, you know, it, it, maybe cold open with her and before I even seen Harley Quinn <laughs> to see her family. Not only that. Mowed down in front of her. Great idea. Um, also, if you do that, because the film is so colorful, if you put her stuff in black and white, it really juxtaposes mm-hmm. it even more, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty clever, Chris. Again, you know, Dan Dido, Bruce Tim, where are you guys at? We're here. Want to make you money? Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the last segment of our film review. What if? I think that's still the drop. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. What if that what? was just in a club, just partying, just chilling? Uh, shouts to my friend Alex who got me a Thanos copter that literally flies oh. for Christmas. I'm so psyched about that thing. There'll probably be a video up on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash deal before pod or comic characters pod.com. Check it out. Um, what if people actually go and see this fucking movie? <laughs> Cause here's the thing. It's well made. It's a really good movie. It's enjoyable. It's fun. It takes chances. It does innovative things. That kind of stuff needs to be rewarded. And I'm really, really scared that this movie isn't going to make enough money and they're going to have yet another reason at Warner Brothers to, to try to play it safe and not not know what, they do, what they're doing and ruin lots of really great potential narratives for a bunch of the, the DC characters. Um, I guess the one sort of light at the end of the tunnel is the game. We talked about the bad robot thing with JJ Abrams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he didn't touch this project as far as I know. So maybe, you know, regardless of how well or poor this movie does, he's going to do his own thing. But this movie deserves to be seen. Am I wrong? Like, no, hell no. I think maybe it uh, also affected it being released so early in Q1. Like maybe if they waited for like, uh, March or May, uh, one of the months with an M. <laughs> okay, I'll give, I'll go, I'll even give you one more. What if they had waited to release this on Valentine's Day and marketed it as Harley Quinn breaking up with the Joker? Oh yeah, like lean into that. Oh, yeah, it's right there. It's it's right there for you for all your marketing. It. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. It's like. Usually, it's usually the reverse. The film fails the the marketing and the the desire for a thing to be good. Mm-hmm. And this time they flipped it. The marketing has failed the very good film. It's it's really weird. It's weird and unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, but again, I don't know why you would be listening to this if you haven't seen it. But if you just did, uh, that's fine. Thank you for listening. Go see the movie. Go see it. It's definitely worth seeing. I don't know. Any final thoughts on 
Birds of Prey? Yeah, I had a quick, uh, my what if is going to be, what if, oh, the, yeah, sorry. what if for the sequel? Uh, I, I, man, I just had another thought. So I had two ways. So, okay, the first thought was, what if for the sequel, it's her and Cassandra Cain, and they're like, uh, it's like completely different. It's just hard drama. They're like working through this relationship type stuff, and like she has to use all her expertise as a psychologist. Like, oh, I'm just repeating the same mistakes. I'm, I'm, I'm imposing the same toxic relationship I had with the Joker onto this girl, and I don't want to do this to her. I, I'm, I'm repeating the same mistakes. I'm, I am, I'm my own mother, and blah 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 blah. You know, it could go that way and just like completely <laughs> surprise everybody. <laughs> or if the sequel goes like she just fucking there's no fourth wall anymore she's coming out she's like attacking the director she's attacking the writer she's attacking the marketing people that's the that's all act one and two <laughs> that would be great <laughs> that would be if she were attacking the marketing people <laughs> man i really like that idea though too of, of completely flipping it and and doing something that would be unexpected i mean there's a lot of material there right Absolutely. Absolutely. Both those characters are. I mean, in Cassandra Kane in this version, she is like a foster child, and and she uh, like she just basically ran away, and that's not really talked about at all. I mean, yeah. these are people in like desperate straits. So, uh, if they could help each other, that'd be great. If, instead of just focusing on like stealing shit. Yeah, almost do like a Logan, but Harley Quinn, like oh, shit, yeah. tonally. Tonally, just completely <laughs> shift it. The same huge fun, Harley. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yes, that's so on brand for that character too. Man, there you go. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. All right, let's move on. We've got some Marvel stuff to talk about. There was this little uh, football game that happened recently <laughs> um, between the. Um, uh, the uh, home look in my notes here. Can't Kansas City Chiefs and the um, San Francisco 49ers. And uh, during that game, there were some commercials. One of them was a Disney Plus commercial that featured a ton of stuff for the MCU. The Disney Plus streaming shows are going to be coming out. Uh, we got little tidbits of Loki and Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier Falcon, but the thing that really you really saw kind of a lot of that stood out, and we're going to talk about right now, is WandaVision. <laughs> oh man! So we talked about we talked about this on the last pod uh, with that teaser thing that um, Elizabeth Olsen came out with with and. Uh, this show just looks great yeah it's it's there there's like you know because it's, it's like obviously she's in like a pocket reality or maybe in her own mind or something and and we we see different like time periods we see like a honeymooners kind of scenario we see maybe like a married with children mm-hmm. type of setting we see like a brady bunch type of setting it it just you know, we talk about it all the time, and, and you know, even in, in in Birds of Prey, that the the jail scene, you know, the breakout scene, mm-hmm. that that scene visually is worth the price of admission, and that's the scene that when you when you come out of the film, you're like, oh man, that scene was really great. This trailer, the the quick like flipping of all the different time periods or like genres, mm-hmm. 
that's the thing that grabs you where you're just like, oh, what is this? Like, this is going to be something. What were your thoughts? Yeah, no, it was just the, like, they're fucking going for it. They're doing it. <laughs> like, the with uh, Scarlet Witch, um, there's just so many possibilities because she can bend reality as much as Doctor Strange can, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe more so. But, like, it's just, it's a story, story writer's dream, this one. Mm-hmm. Nothing but sand in this box. Oh, man, you know. You know who we got to keep away from there. <laughs> I hate them. He just, he, just, he just wants things smooth, okay? Just somebody go, please, find Natalie Portman. Not just the men and the women. Oh, of course, it gets everywhere. Um, yeah. Looks looks good. Am I wrong? Was was you know I don't know. I sort of talked for both of us. Was there one of the other shows that that stood out more to you in this in this little commercial thing? Um, not too much, other than like uh, Loki seems like it's going to be up to some Loki shit again, which is fine. I mean that's that's Loki. Uh, Baron Zemo is coming back for Winter Soldier Falcon. Yeah, that's, I like that character, Daniel Brule. I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, like him a lot so that's that's that could be interesting to see like exactly why the fuck that's happening uh december 16th Uh-oh. 1991 oh no are, december 16th are you, are you gonna trigger me are you gonna do the words <laughs> trolley ice cream Oh, man. That's all I need. Uh, These days, I need to learn it. Just two of them. Just two. You're ready to go. <laughs> Where? It doesn't, Where? doesn't take much in 2020. That's that's a real mood. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I'm really psyched. We already talked about this, but we're going to get uh, Winter Soldier Falcon and then uh, Mandalorian and then WandaVision. And uh, cannot wait. Going to be great. Cannot wait. Going to be great. Other great things that happened. Well, I framed that incorrectly. I don't know that this, the event itself is a great thing. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we'd probably have opinions on that, but that's not what this show's about. Um, however, in terms of the comic fandom out there, some pretty great news. Our man's Joaquin Phoenix, winner of Best Actor Award, Academy Awards. Can we get a round of sound for Mr. Joaquin Phoenix, please? Immediately try to social change the entire world. (laughs) Was uh, milk shaming people? Dude, dude, you gotta get milk, man. Weren't you saying about Luka Doncic? Oh, he looks like a bag of milk. He, he looks like he drinks milk. He does look like he drinks milk. I, I, yeah, him and him, Luka Doncic and uh, Nikola Jokic, both of those guys. Nikola Jokic looks like a bag of milk. Luka looks like he drinks a lot of milk. We talked about this. <laughs> um, so I guess Walking Phoenix is gonna have words with those guys. Uh. Yeah, I mean, whatever you think of the speech, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying he was wrong or anything, but uh, 
I, I really think it's super funny. We talked about this off air. There's a meme with uh, Squidward. You corrected <laughs> me on this. There's Squidward looking down at SpongeBob and Patrick, and it's like Jared Leto looking at <laughs> uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger. <laughs> Uh, you know, both winning an Academy Award, playing the same character that he spectacularly failed at. Just amazing. Yeah, we did not get the point. Holy shit. Hunkamunka. <laughs> I'm going to hurt you real bad. <laughs> oh, really? Really? That's what going to do? Fucking. I mean, he did in a way. He wasn't. He didn't lie. <laughs> the, oh, shit. Oh, shit. He was doing the long con? Yeah, he, he was meta talking. He was directly he was to the audience. <laughs> he was metatextually speaking to us. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm gonna destroy the but, formula. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, uh, and that's probably I, the best thing about Birds of Prey, by the way, is Jared Leto's not in it. Oh yeah, not even the back of his head. <laughs> not even the back of his fucking head. <sighs> Feels good. Um, Walking Phoenix. Deservedly won the award. We talked about it in our Joker review. Whether you like the movie or not, his performance was amazing. Yeah. Um, fuels the fire even more so that they might do a sequel. Oh. <laughs> That's all that means. Oh. They're oh. not going to walk away from a billion dollars. This is a serious question. Yeah. Say Todd Phillips is struggling for a script. Say he, he's been trying to hammer it out. This is a deadline. They need a treatment at least in one week, and he's out of ideas. He's a big fan of the podcast because why wouldn't he be? Uh, he reaches out to us. How hard do we sell out to write Joker 2? <sighs> I mean, literally, if they give us the standard retainer, mm-hmm. I think we're both in. 100%. I'm 10 toes like, down, baby. Is that a question? <laughs> I'm jumping over that broom. Let's do it. I mean, maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe be like, maybe, 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 probably not, but maybe argue like we also have to pay for accommodations kind of thing, <laughs> but uh, maybe give us a Warner Brothers lot tour, you know, whenever we want. Maybe let us hit up that DC archive, Man, I you a know? coffee mug. Let's, something. But, uh, but I think we're in. <laughs> um, what is that story? You know, we talked about it on the episode where we, yeah. where we reviewed the Joker, um, so we've got ideas. Are they good? Should they be made? No, probably not. But um, that hasn't stopped anyone ever before for movies. So, yeah, man, we're game. We're in. Let us know. Hit us up. cbcharactersgmail.com. <laughs> you won't. You get us. But you should. Yeah. All right, let's jump into, I guess, like the director's version of Casting Corner. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, one more take, though. Like, actually try to read the fucking script this time. It's <laughs> great. Oh, man, you know, just everyone thinks they can ad-lib and add to the uh, to the magic, and they really can't. Um, Sam Raimi, notable director. Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead Two. E- Evil Dead Two. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little movie called Spider Man. 
Haven't seen it. Have you heard of it? <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Uh-huh. Bring it home. Arguably best superhero film of all time. Bring it home. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, um, this part of the movie called Spider-Man 3. And, you know. That's Peter dancing. Oh, my God. Is he ever. Not not, uh, not Raimi's best work. But is redemption in the cards? For Mr. Sam Raimi. You know, look at Sam Mendes, okay? He did American Beauty. Mm-hmm. He did some other shit I can't remember, but a lot of people didn't like. I know that happened. And then he directed 1917. Skyfall wasn't pretty was was pretty good. Okay, but there's, he's done other stuff. <laughs> what else has he done? Am I gonna look this up right now? Uh oh. Uh, yeah, should I hit the I'll music? I'll, I'll do it. Yes. Oh, do I still have the music? Fuck. Uh, dun 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 Okay, I mean, but like those are all those are all okay. They're they're fine. I'm mean, reproduction is actually pretty great, but like, whatever. American Beauty. Oh Beauty's, shit! He did like, a collab with Snow. Wait, what? He, on his IMDb, it says in 2018 he was the executive producer for a TV series called Informer. I will move down. How did you work in two Snow references in one day? That's amazing please stop um anyway sam raimi redemption time he uh he's rumored slash confirmed to be the director of dr strange multiverse of madness madness of multiverse Uh, which one is it it's uh the the mad real multi universe multi universe Why isn't this coming up? Doctor Strange <laughs> in the Multiverse of Madness. I like that version better. Uh, sure. Well, here's where it gets interesting. One, A, he's absolutely a capable director. Sure, sure, sure. I'm excited. That's exciting. But here's here's the here's the thread you want to pull mm. on. We talked that just a second ago. This guy, Sam Raimi, this guy right here. This fucking guy. This fucking guy. He directed Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 mm-hmm. with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. This movie's called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh-oh. The Multiverse. There has to be a union job. You telling me that's Could... not a union job? Could we see? Could we see? Some Tobey Maguire Spider-Man all up in this Doctor Strange goodness. Look, it's probably kind of unlikely, but the possibility is there. And that's the guy you would want to do it, right? Yeah. Like, he knows the aesthetic of his own films. (laughs) (laughs) So... 
So that's the thing. That's the super enticing thing. Beyond the fact that, yeah, I think he can do a great job. I think he can do a fine job. If anything, I'm a little concerned that Marvel's not going to give him enough room to do what he wants. We know that they've done that in the past with other directors. Um, but man, if, if they somehow bring in any of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man aesthetic into this film, even if it's just like, you know, right now we don't really know what the plot of this movie is going to be. Right. But what if it's like Doctor Strange gets trapped in, like, what if what if he's trying to, like, heal a Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. right? And something goes wrong and her powers just go fucking haywire and dr strange gets thrown into a different dimension Mm. like a multiverse dimension and he has to like find a hero or somebody in that dimension to help him get out of it and what if the film is like five or six of that scenario Uh so we were seeing different versions of different things and we see like again like a toby mcguire Uh spider-man because dr strange has had a lot of one-on-one time with Tom Holland Spider-Man. Oh, we're using our made-up names. I'm Spider-Man. Yeah, he he would know. So if, like, pretend you're Doctor Strange, you're thrown into this other universe, but it looks like Earth. It looks like, okay, maybe, well, where am I, you know? I'm in New York. Okay, I'm still in New York. This is great. Maybe uh, everything's fine. Oh, look, there's Spider-Man. Wait a minute, that Spider-Man looks a little different. Uh-oh. Wait a Uh-oh. minute. Uh-oh. That's an older, maybe more pizza-filled Spider-Man. Like, how cool would that be? Am I writing the film for them? So good. How am I doing? Hmm. You get James Franco in there. You could even get J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Yeah, goddamn. You think, uh... Is that too much though? <laughs> oh man, that that would be amazing. So that means it's not going to happen. <laughs> Probably but not. Can we get, Probably can we get, not. Can we get like a little tease? Can we something? Just any any little bit of that would be delicious. Like a nice piece of chocolate cake after some delicious pizza. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts? What do you got? Um. I know that uh, that one guy who worked with with Blumhouse, right? Uh, the one director before Sam Raimi. Scott, Dick- uh, Scott Dickerson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he was kind of like I, I think he kind of maybe backed out because they didn't want to go too horror heavy uh, right. into the multiverse of madness. Because why would you? A question mark? I don't know. I think that's right. the wrong choice. I think Raimi has that horror aesthetic, has that kind of like, but so, you know, a little a little campy. Um, Right. So hopefully that'll be more of the aesthetic. Hopefully they do choose to keep like uh, whatever weird shit they want to throw in there. Um, yeah. I mean, even if it's like Cabin in the Woods type level. Uh, sure. Sure. And not only that, but Sam Sam and Scott are uh, friends, <laughs> apparently. So like Scott signed off on this. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's so that's good. You like to see that. Um Yeah, man. But I just, again, again, I'm I, this is me dreaming too big. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm trying to touch the sun or whatever, <laughs> but you know, best case scenario. Oof, so good. All right, let's move on to actually more Doctor Strange news, but we're out of casting corner or casting corner director edition. So till next time, somebody please wake up that old man 
is he dead or is he asleep? Man, I'm not even touching him this time. Last time, he told me to go fuck myself. Yeah, just, you know what? Just leave him alone. It's fine. Just, <sighs> it'll it'll sort itself out. <sighs> oh, Jesus. Sir, can you... Can you leave, please? Yes, I... Oh, wait, no, fuck you. Ah, damn it! Eat, eat my <sighs> asshole. Whoa. I don't think you will. It is almost Valentine's Day. <laughs> Crush the old fucking man. Get him out of here. I mean, I don't know, man. It looks kind of wiry. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Catch the corner. We'll catch you next time. Doctor Strange, though, we're not done. They hired someone. Who knew that that was a thing you could do? They What? <laughs> they what? hired. <laughs> They hide. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> they hired a Rick and Morty writer, room writer, Michael Wald Waldron. Uh, what they hire him for? To, who, who knew they could do that? They 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 hired him to write some stuff. Yeah, you you go. I guess work on the script. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nerd. interesting. I mean, here's the thing. I, a lot of people were like, oh, yay, exciting. You know, Rick and Morty, like, that's, like, comedy. I don't, I think maybe it's more like the sci-fi aspect mm. of Rick and Morty, like the dimensional shit. Yes. I think that's what they're going to lean into. I hope so. I mean, humor is fine. I don't want this to be... Fucking Doctor Strange and Wong are stand-ins for Rick and Morty. Oh my fucking so. god, dude! That's all I want now. What you don't understand, Stephen, is that the forest is that we work here with so mystical this time. Uh, oh, I don't. I don't know, Wong. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this is a good idea. Uh, that's your problem, Stephen. Always fucking complaining. Fuck. You, you know, you know, you know what, Wong? Why don't you take your shit and put it all together and put it in a bag and take it, take, take it to the shit store. Uh, sounds like you've Just... never been to the shit store, Stephen. Oh, any kind. Diarrhea. Uh, oh, Jesus. Gray color. The kind that you get after you're eating too much spinach. That's a mystical uh, cuddle. Well, I, I keep telling you, it's that's not spinach you're eating. It's it's Play-Doh. <laughs> Don't fucking judge me more, I'm Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay i don't know maybe maybe, maybe there's some, there's something there uh <laughs> i think wrong? it's gonna be i think it's gonna walk hashtag walk strong um yeah uh does this move the needle for you does this make you more inclined to think the movie's gonna be good does the needle's it... moving a lot right now man <laughs> Is that because of the old-fashioned, though, or because... Uh, yeah, it might be, because right now it's at 10 and 2, which is pretty weird. Like, it's not happened before. That's probably should actually maybe see it. Safety doctor. first. 
Not a strange one, just a regular. <laughs> um. All right, here we go. Here it is, what everyone's been waiting for, because it wouldn't be a nerd podcast without uh-huh. it. Star Wars news! Diego Luna confirms that the Rogue One prequel will start shooting this year, in 2020. Look, that's fine and dandy as candy. Uh, My concern is that, you know, that they don't stop production once they've started and then go on hiatus. Mm. And then somehow this becomes about (laughs) Obi-Wan. That is my deepest darkest fear oh. i wake up in cold sweat so you think it's like um everybody else knows besides them that's like a bad idea to do this but they're just gonna kind of like rush in and they're like uh, almost like a bermuda triangle situation yeah. i was thinking more like you know um like somebody somebody wanted this to happen they planned for it to happen so it's more like uh it's a trap. <laughs> god damn it Wow. So tasty, though. So good. I mean, just throw some butter. <laughs> oh, some... it's bad enough that you eat the currency. <sighs> I mean, where do you stop, though? Um, you know, you eat the currency and then you just, you know, take a nibble of the hand. <laughs> you bite the hand that feeds? Literally, yeah. The hand that feeds me. With its hand. Oh, man. There you go. Um, you know, yeah. So Star I mean, Wars, The Hands of Fate would have been a better title. There you go. And The Rise of Skywalker. And it's just, but the image is just. It's just Manos. It's just, no, it's just Admiral Akbar's claws. <laughs> like his claws. First of all, how dare you? Second of all, he didn't have claws. <laughs> he had little, yeah, I, th- I thought he had little digits, right? Like little, little flappy little. Oh, you know what? He did have little hands. He had hands. Why am I picturing? I'm thinking of Zoidberg. Yeah, he's not a crap person. I'm thinking of Zoidberg. Oh, I'm thinking to push those Zordberg. buttons if he has claws. Um, yeah, yeah. Diego Luna, that's great. I, uh, I mean, good. Good. I'm glad they're continuing on the projects. I don't know. This probably isn't a thing that needs to be made, but again, we're talking about representation, you know, getting... Minorities up on the screen. It's a good thing. The other Hispanic um, in Star Wars. Cassian's a good... It's a cool character. It's an interesting character. I think you can do a lot. Is it... Is it let me ask yeah. you this. Do you think the show is ulti- ultimately going to be unfulfilling because you know what is ultimately his fate? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I think the, the aspects of Rogue One that really, really appealed to me right out of the gate was how fucking nitty and gritty it was, right? Like, you see the fighting in the streets of Jeddah. Like, the almost insurgency aspect that the resistance was doing. Um, I want more of that. I want more like a, you know, almost like a fucking Homeland, right? On Showtime. I want that kind of vibe. <laughs> That's too heavy, maybe. But uh, for a Disney Plus series. But, yeah, I, I just want, like, something I can kind of check in and check in on. Like, um almost like a serial type of thing, like kind of like uh, young right. Indiana Jones Chronicles, like how, the, you know, what do you do this time and how's he going to get out of it? Right. Yeah. There's, and there's plenty of room for that with this kind of character. Mm. Um, 
I hope we get to see more K2SO. Oh, yeah. That I mean, I that's what I want. That's what I really want. It's your boy Alan Tudyk in there. For so sure. Greedy. Two of them. I know. What are you gonna do? Some some people just have all the talent. All right. That brings us to a new or well, I mean, it's kind of a new segment. We've been doing it for a couple of episodes now, but we actually have a name for it. Soon we'll actually have a, a sound drop. Mm. But uh, in the meantime, it's time to talk about some key issues. The real question is, what are those? Great question, Shuri. <laughs> the key issue segment is the part of the podcast where Chris and I tackle a particular issue in either the comic industry publishing side in terms of their films or television shows, maybe um, social issues within, you know, uh casting or fandom toxic fandom any any and all of the mm. above and in uh, this week's key issues we're going to talk about especially with birds of prey coming out being great being really good and yet financially not succeeding in a way that you know that you would think for a film that is of this caliber what does that mean ultimately what is going to happen and why are these things happening? You know, we talked a little bit in our review of Birds of Prey about maybe it's the rating of the film. Maybe it's the marketing in the title. But what if, I don't know. I mean, we just saw Marriage Story get some um, nominations at the Academy Awards. That's a Netflix thing. Irishman? Irishman, sure. Scorsese, Marty Boy, who... Apparently hates everything we do, so sucks to be you, Marty. Glad you didn't win, you dick. No, I, just, I do like Martin Scorsese, but what the hell? He doesn't dude? hate the paycheck of a Joker, I'm sure. Do I know, man? Um, look, everyone's entitled their opinion, even if they're wrong. So, where? What do you think this means? What do you think this means? Not just for 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 this film, for Birds of Prey. But what do you th- what do you think it means for the different ways that comic book narratives c- can be produced? Do you think this is going to make studios more hesitant to tell these stories on the big screen? Do you think they're going to go more towards streaming services? Hmm. Is ultimately that the better option anyway? We talked about this with Watchmen, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Watchmen is so good as, like, if you think about it, like, almost like a trade paperback mm. of a show, and it's it's so well done. Is that ultimately the best way to experience comic book characters in a, in a live-action medium? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm shit. I'm on board with it. If we're gonna get like the quality of it, like uh, what Watchmen was, right? <laughs> uh, these movies, it seems like they're so unsatisfied if they don't immediately get like a hundred thousand guaranteed first opening weekend and then on track for a billion dollars. Like the amounts that. Oh, you mean a hundred million? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, what did I say? Hundred thousand? 
100,000, yeah. That's like from the draft house alone. I was about to say, you're talking some Jay and Silent Bob reboot <laughs> numbers. Shut up. Like it's a good film. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100 million uh, out the gate with on track for for 1 billion. Jesus Christ, 100 billion. Um, ludicrous numbers. Nobody's ever going to make that much here. It, except that and that's, what the, that's a standard. That's what MCU has proven to be the standard. Um, I think that's unreasonable, right? That it should yeah. be like you dedicate, you have somebody who's like really invested in the character like Margot Robbie, like Ryan Reynolds, you, like Tom Holland. You get somebody who's so invested in the character, they want to create a good product and you get them involved at every level. And I think what you get should be good. Like you, you shouldn't have to live up to the Feige standard. Um, right. and it's pretty unattainable. So I think for me, I'm all for like the the streaming service type of model if because you've seen so, it's been proven so well right with like Mandalorian with uh Watchmen even though that's you know cable premium with Witcher um all these other properties that it, it's really hitting now i think it's going to find their stride especially for like maybe the more niche type of stuff and you could pretty much argue mm-hmm. Birds of Prey was a little bit niche sure sure yeah, I mean, we're kind of talking about it. Like, that's, you know, especially when you go in terms of the way you're um, presenting it and marketing it as Birds of Prey, not a Harley Quinn mm-hmm. vehicle, uh, exclusively a Harley Quinn vehicle. Yeah, you definitely are throwing it into a niche kind of bucket there, right? So, you know, I, I really think the litmus, litmus, litmus test. Wow, why can't I not say that phrase? The lithium test. Um, the smells like teen spirit mm. test is is going to be Any royalty. <laughs> the Winter Soldier Falcon, WandaVision, Loki, kind of programs. Are those going to be able to get the viewers that that whoever controls these things is it going to be able to get the viewers that they want? We've seen with Mandalorian what a cultural phenomenon that was and just how much just social buzz that show had. That's the kind of stuff you almost can't pay for mm. uh, the way it proliferates throughout the world like that. I'm not I don't anticipate WandaVision or any of the other Marvel uh, streaming shows to, to hit that level of kind of social domination. Mm. But if they're good shows and have good stories to tell and are well made, and I th- I have a suspicious suspicious uh, suspi- no what's a the sense word? a, sus- a, a sense <laughs> I have a sense that that is ultimately where they're gonna fall. Um, if that's gonna be good enough, I again I don't know I don't know how they track these things I don't know what's considered a success or not. Right, but um. Those are going to be the tests because we've seen the MCU films. Again, we've talked about this ad nauseum. And what are they? 24 movies, 25, 24 movies, number one hits in mm-hmm. a row, billion dollars almost every time out the park. It's nuts. It's an, it's a crazy standard, like you said. Obviously, with streaming, it's different. It just doesn't work the same way. But Watchmen showed us that, like, if you have people that care and have a story to tell and and, and, and they want to do a good job, holy hell does it pay mm-hmm. off. And I don't know. I think you're right. I, 
I think streaming is ultimately the way to go. If that's the case, though, what happens? So let's let's play let's play another what if mm-hmm. here. Let's say that the MCU shows all crush it. They all do really really well. Maybe maybe not Mandalorian numbers, whatever that means, but like just like a tier below it. Does Marvel start diverging from their film model? Hmm. Because with the film model, yeah, they're making tons of money, but they still got to like, you know, that revenue shared somewhat with the movie theater chains. Right. The the way their marketing and stuff works, it's much more expensive. If you already have a built-in audience in your streaming service, uh, yeah. you're saving tons of money tons of money going direct to market like that so like is is the what i guess what i'm asking is is the thing that we ultimately want because we're saying streaming services is ultimately the best way to tell these stories and that's the thing we Mm -hmm. want does that cripple and or kill the the movie model man it might but i think I don't know. I, I actually haven't researched this at all whatsoever, but does a streaming service model kind of work with China in mind or with India in mind? Because these movies, these Marvel right. movies are seen everywhere, right? And right. That's sure. like the like the, that's their flagship property that they send out to all all regions. So I don't know how well it works, how well it tracks over in China or India. I mean, and that. That's not an insignificant portion of the revenue now. For that sure. Revenue. There are so many films. Uh, golly, what's one? I know there was one recently. Matt Damon, The Great Wall, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> there was there was a movie. That did, was it Terminator Genesis? Yeah. No, Terminator. Yeah, it was Terminator Genesis. Did shit numbers here in the uh-huh. U.S. Right. Did really well in China. So they were like, oh, Terminator's got legs. Let's go ahead and make Terminator Dark Fate. Mm. And Terminator Dark Fate did nothing in China. <laughs> and they were like, wait, what? <laughs> so, so yeah, you're absolutely right. That is something to consider. I think the other, the, I mean, here's the other thing. What if you do it like, because you're right, in India and China and other places, they have much more... Uh, controlled restricted ways in which viewing platforms even operate and what you have access to but what if you do a thing like maybe in 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 north america or wherever wherever you wanted to do it um it's on the streaming service but in those other places you you release them um like maybe where three episodes is a film and you release it as a thing would that work i don't know like that I don't know if that's viable. Yeah, it's juggling a lot of plates. That's, I mean, it is. Oh, yeah, I can see like in a, in a separate editing crew kind of coming in and like repackaging it because that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean that that's a possibility too. It's interesting. I also really like the the idea of like short, um, limited series, kind of like Watchmen. Mm-hmm. You know, Americans are like, oh, this is really great. HBO is doing such a great job. Like, this has been the fucking model in Japan and the UK for, like, ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, like, their their shows, their dramas, and even some of their sitcoms. 
I think it's just it's kind of funny to me that Americans are brought up on syndication, so it's just a totally different oh, thing. Or. But give me Wow. Are you turning into the Akira monster? Chocolate Wonderful! Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess ultimately, you know, we don't have a definitive answer, obviously. We can't, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen. But I think it's an interesting question to pose. And of course, listeners, you guys and gals can, can hit us up either through the email, the cbcharactersgmail.com, or on our Facebook page, or, uh, you know, again, uh, characters pod.com and and where do you all think the future of this stuff is going to go what do you want and what are you willing to give up to get it oh because i kind of feel like that (laughs) raising the stakes bringing it down to a personal level (laughs) well i don't mean yeah no no i don't mean on a well i get that your joke you're making but like i i just mean like if if we do want like these the watchman type model that has to come at the cost of something else. Yeah, true. Ultimately, it's interesting. It's a, uh, you know, and that's what these are. These key issues are about. There aren't always. There's not always going to be like a definitive answer. Um, I think that's just kind of where we leave it. But it's it's definitely something interesting to think about. Before we close up shop, I know. Did not forget, popcultureandcomics.com. Hey, shout out. Proud sponsor of the show. Uh, I believe they, man, I'm trying to remember what they did last. I know they did a Superman retro cover of the week. I want to say they did a, um, either it was a Batman or maybe a Batman with Catwoman on the cover or a Catwoman uh, issue. Um, they, again, just are all of the cool indie stuff that you haven't read that's not from the main two publishers for the most part. Uh, that's where you want to go to get those reviews and find stuff that's really really well-written, well-drawn books that you might have not heard of. That way you can run over to your you know, local comic shop and grab those issues before they become the hot the hot key issue that you can't find. You uh, everyone knows that Just thing. Grab them that? off the shelf and run out the store. Don't even pay for them. Don't even pay <laughs> for them. Local commerce? Fuck local commerce. Just grab and go. Um... Uh, but make sure you hit up popcultureandcomics.com first before you do that. Um, Big Wheel winner of the week. I've got one. But... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Uh, let's, let's, man, here we you go. You can't stop the runner, man. No. You can pray for love to give you fire. You can only hope to contain him, I guess. Uh, Jesus. God, man, every time. Uh, What I was going to say is I've got one. I've got a nominee. I don't know if you have a nominee. No, no, nothing really bubbles to the surface. Okay, I've got one. Uh, Bringing it back to Birds of Prey. Uh, I mean, it's almost, you could could go two ways with this. I'm either going to say marketing, Mm -hmm. slash maybe Margot Robbie, because she's the one that pushed for the R rating. Sorry, Margo. I mean, she's great, but that was the, I think that was a mistake. Uh, but also, also just the people for not going and seeing this film? Why are you not going and seeing it? Go see it. It's good. Like, what else are you going to see? Like, 
I don't even know what is out. What is out right now? Oh, a bunch of bullshit. Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog is coming out. And look, I'm going to see Sonic the Hedgehog, not going to lie. But, but like, that draft, Jesse Prince of Prince. That Alamo Draft House season curse is a blessing. Uh, season pass is a blessing and a curse. It's it's a, it's a good time, man. Season pass. We need to get Alamo Draft House to fucking sponsor the show. Real. We need to get that happening. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna say, uh, I, like it, it's a it's a it's a splitsies award this week because half is it half of it is on the marketing team of Birds of mm. Prey, and half of it is just ultimately on the people because they're not finding this film for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's an enjoyable good time. Do not miss out on a good time. Go see the film. Any final thoughts before we close up shop? Uh yeah, uh one uh shout out to the Oscars. Um uh, kind of kind of crazy, kind of wild. I don't know why Eminem was there. Um, but uh special wild. shout out to my girl Kelly Marie Tran, getting more screen time at the Oscars than she did in Rise of Skywalker. Fuck you. Oh man, Tr- tough look, tough look for Disney. Um, but also shouts to Parasite, man. just crushing it killing it great job everybody involved i like that ho like had everybody was there in the Mm. audience and he had them stand up that was wonderful and amazing uh just what a great what a great moment for that film it deserves it that's another one you haven't seen that go see parasite it's great it's got subtitles it's warning you just gotta read it gotta do it until next time the fortress of podsude is closed we love you 3000 see you in a minute